This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Three, two, one. And welcome, everybody, to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. I am your humble host, John Allen. I want to remind everybody, whether you're listening to this on my radio station or watching it on YouTube or listening on a podcast platform, please remember that there are some links that you can click on to support the work that I do. I definitely appreciate your support. Now, today I'm speaking with you. You may be the record holder for the most appearances on my show. I'm going to check on that. Uh, But for those of you who don't know her, this is Lexi Corin. Uh, I call her friend and sister. She is such a shining light, uh, not just in my life, uh, but in Snoopy's life as well and in a lot of other people. You touch a lot of people with the work you do, and now you've done it in written form. Congratulations on your book, which is called... Oh, hi, hi, and thank hi. you. That's a lot. <laughs> Say yes. hi first. Hello. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you. Yes, the book is called Creating Joy, Changemakers uh, Share Rituals and, and Practices for Living a Joy-Filled Life. And it's a, a an anthology of 13 uh, coaches and entrepreneurs writing about our journeys through difficult situations, difficult times such as depression, bereavement, and grief. Uh, to finding a way to live a joyful life. Yeah. Spreading joy. Exactly. That's what I'm more Creating joy. Yeah. And that's literally what you do. I kind of touched on that in my little introduction of you. Um, Do you find it difficult to facilitate the creation of joy at times? Given your own background, you touch on this in your writing that you you don't have the most rosiest of of childhoods in your in your early years, your teen years, and whatnot. Does that get in the way of the work that you do sometimes, or is it an enhancement for the work that you do? It's all about perspective, so yes. and how you choose to view your narrative, your your history. And I've done a lot of work, uh, just you know, on my own, but also uh, in therapy and. And with other people, and I think the way I see it is that all those obstacles and uh, childhood traumas, they now, and and in the last I don't know 15, 20 years, have helped me understand other people who have gone through really, really difficult times um, with compassion yeah. and empathy, because I've been there. You've been there, done that. Yeah. And you talk a lot about embracing yourself in your entirety. Mm. In other words, we are the sum of all of our life experiences, be they good, bad, negative, positive. Why not embrace all of that and find the life lessons within it that we teach ourselves? And then it facilitates the teaching of spreading joy and, and, and compassion and progress for others. Am I right? Yes. I think it's all about the... What what I write about is is shame and releasing shame and giving yourself permission to play. I think we've talked about that permission in, in one play. of your, I love that. one of your podcasts. Yes, we did. Yeah, talked yeah. about permission to play. This was before I knew I was going to be writing yeah. an international best selling book. An international <laughs> best selling book. I, I love it. I just I get chills when I think of that. I'm so happy for your success. And I say success in this early stage. It's only been. Has it been a week even since the book was the the book was released? Yeah, just Maybe about a week? just about a week. Uh, last Friday, so yeah. Uh, so it shot to the top of all the listings in uh, international bestseller. Yeah, in like in wow. five categories, I think four or five categories in Australia, uh, 
four or five categories in uh, the UK and and also in the US. So we've been mm-hmm. number one in all those categories. And That's it's been beautiful. selling around Europe as well. So, you That's know, beautiful. it's been great. How, how did you, because this is quite the feat of networking. You know, there's, what'd you say, 13 different off, authors. Uh, how did you guys get together? Who's the brainchild behind this? Who started this, this project? Oh, this is Dina Berman. She is a wonderful woman. I met her a f- a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, at a at an event in London, at the um, oh, there was this gorgeous event at the Waldorf Astoria in in London for 100 entrepreneurs. I remember when you went to that. Yeah, yes, yeah. and um, and and I met her there, and then you know we we as you do, you become Facebook friends, yeah, and you yeah. and you follow people on their journeys. And I had uh, she's she's an um, a journalist, an ex-journalist from from the UK, and she has her own publishing. She's a PR ah, PR strategist, yes, and has her own publishing company. So she was doing this anthology, and this showed up on my feed. Let's see, about two weeks. So I've been working on another book ah. for for a few years, and I couldn't choose. I didn't know how to choose the language, and it was sort of a healing story about the family and. Uh, uh, transgenerational trauma and and sort of rewriting the narrative and and looking at the female gaze because you know we've learned history from the male gaze and 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 I wanted I was I had been doing lots of research and sometimes I would write a little bit in Spanish a little bit in Norwegian a little bit in English and I just couldn't put it all together yeah so this um, <coughs> this Norwegian publishing publishing house was interested in the story and they said send us the first draft. So I this did. is all coming back to me. I remember yeah. you were talking about this. Yeah. So I sent it. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous. It yeah. took me a while to get it, and I sent it, and then it got rejected. Oh. Ooh. And I was like, Ouch. okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I have this mantra that I work with, and and I say it's um, every rejection is a redirection. Ah. And I focused but it on is, that. Isn't it? Yeah. I focused on that. It's like I don't know it yet, but something's gonna come up. Yeah. I have stories to tell. And you believed in yourself. Absolutely. You believed in your story. Exactly. So, and suddenly I see this on my feed, and um, and she's she's looking for she's looking for authors who want yeah. to share their stories and want to help other people create joy. I was like, but that's me. That's me. Go. That's what I'm here for. Tailor made for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, definitely. Every rejection is a redirection, and then and then. <clears throat> It became an international bus. I mean, I'm still kind of processing yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to take a while to process that, but isn't it fun, that processing it period? <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, this is a testimony to believing in yourself. Um, of course it hurt when it got rejected the first time, but if you believe in your story, you know, and I, I want to say this for all aspiring writers, there's also the self-publishing route mm-hmm. to go. Uh, uh, and then the only person that can reject that is you yourself. You know, you can decide not to write it and not to publish it. But but I I just think that is so amazingly fitting for you. Your voice needs to be. I've been telling you this since the first time I spoke with you. Your voice is a voice that needs to be magnified and heard by the masses. And here you go. Thing. Here you go. <laughs> Listen, we're going to take a break. Uh, I want to play a little bit bit of music for everybody. This is coming home with John Allen. We'll be right back with Lexi Corn. 
And we're back. I'm sitting here talking with Lexi Corin. This is Coming Home with John Allen. Lexi, I have a note that I wrote here uh, after reading over your your portion of the book. And you wrote, uh, this journey of initiation took me around the world from psychotherapy in London to training with the shamans in the Amazon jungle. And that you know, I, I think very much in a visual sense. It's like a film being rolled in my head whenever I'm thinking about things. And this is quite the film segment here. The literal journey that you're on from London to the Amazon jungle. Let me ask you, though, you say the this journey of initiation. What is that journey of initiation? What are you referring to? So I, I think right before that, I'm talking about how I am at my last, the last bit. I just... I'm in a in a depression, in a depressive episode yeah. where from the outside it looks like I have everything. Yeah. Everything that I that a young woman possibly could want to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great job and, and lovely friends and, and, a, and a fabulous apartment and, and city trips to Europe and whatnot. But I just wanted to die. Yeah. That's all I wanted. You know, Two things. That's very brave of you to actually put that into words for others to hear. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's quite common. I think a lot of us are at that point from time to time. We could have the great social life, the great business life, a great network of friends and associates, but we're depressed. Mm-hmm. We're hurting. And we're thinking that maybe life isn't worth living. Mm-hmm. And that's where you were for quite some time. Yeah. So at that point... Where I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a balcony uh, in that in that flat, and I'm, I'm yeah. drinking a glass of wine, and I'm looking out. I, mean, I was living near a forest, so I was like, okay, if I fall down here, and I'm kind of in the initiation, exactly, At, playing yeah. it out. And I had been doing that for for weeks and, yeah. and months, and I was at my wits' end. Yeah. And then this this curiosity just, I was prompted, and and I thought, is there anyone else out there like me? Is there? I need to find out. And that's why you're such a beautiful person, because in the midst of all of that, you're thinking, can my situation possibly help someone else? Mm. That's beautiful. There's not a lot of people who do that. I understand people get selfish in those moments of depression, but to be able to, in the midst of that depression, look for ways to turn that into something positive that can help others is quite the feat to pull off. It was sort of a cry for help, I guess. I mean, sure. I mean it was curiosity became the medicine. It became yeah. the light switch that yeah. that was the that started the initiation process. So the initiation process for me is the the beginning of understanding uh, my mental health. Yeah. Because up until then, I was just doing things, and I was doing the things that society was telling me to do. So you weren't engaging in a true um, a truthful introspection, possibly. Uh, I, I would because I would say that I'm a believer in introspection, you know, looking inward and evaluating oneself constantly or as often as possible. And if we don't do that, we don't see that there are pathways out of depression. And I'm not saying I'm not talking down on anyone who doesn't engage in that type of introspection because it's very hard to do. But it sounds like you found a way to actually analyze your situation. Was uh, where did that come from? Where did that strength come from? Because that's what it took. It took strength to do that. We all have this, if we look at it like psychoanalytic terms and, and Freudian terms, we have yeah. the death wish. But yes. we also have the desire to live. Uh, and they they are fighting for each other. They're fighting for survival. 
Yeah. Um, and right before that, like in my uh, my teens and twenties, if if you look at the you know the story I've written, uh, I've li- written a little bit, not much, uh, about the, the the type of childhood trauma. Uh, this is this becomes part of your narrative. This is what I understand. The world is a dangerous place, yeah. and I can't. You can't trust anyone. Uh, so therefore, I'm going to do my best from the rules that are set upon me from the outside world to behave in that way, so that I can uh, ensure my survival. Yeah. But what if your internal world is unregulated? Is dysregulated? Yeah. And it's just like screaming inside. Yeah. But on the outside, you need to keep masking and 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 uh, to fit in. And when in reality, it's not about fitting in; it's about belonging. Ah. It's about belonging, and you can't belong anywhere. You can't belong anywhere when you have that sort of screaming child inside. Right. You. Right. That screaming child is disruptive. Mm-hmm. That screaming child gets told to go to bed, and we'll deal with you in the morning. Right. So there's a certain amount of strength that can be gained through introspection that can deal with that screaming child right then and there. You managed to do that. Mm. It's, ah. a, it's a work in progress, though, because it's yeah. only, I, I just say, like, creating joy is not about a, a gimmick or... Oh, no. Uh, creating joy doesn't mean that we're never depressed, that yeah. we're never critical of ourselves. Absolutely not, you know. Mm. It's yeah. about, it's a practice. It's a daily practice. It's a practice of gratitude and and pleasure and playfulness so my the way that i've um apply it in my daily life is uh, to be led by joy so is this serving my highest good is this uh the 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 happiest version of myself i can be but without you know doing spiritual bypassing and saying oh you know love and light spiritual bypassing well, spiritual bypassing i've never heard that term what is that that's a sort of Spiritual bypassing is a term that is used in spiritual communities where people saying, oh, we just vibe high and we don't accept any other uh, emotions in this group because oh. we are we are love and light and peace and love. Yeah. And and we are that, but we are all the other things as well. Aren't we, though? Yeah. 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 Spiritual bypassing. Interesting. I, I can see a lot, you know, thinking of Christianity and some of the situations that I see back home in America with some of these uh, fundamentalist uh, uh, Christian um, uh, churches or organizations that are that are dipping their feet into the political realm mm. and to promote a certain political view, they're saying, if you're going to be with us, you have to do this, this, and this. And I, that's just so far removed from what I view spirituality to be. Uh, I don't see spirituality as restrictive or exclusionary. Mm. Um, just a little side thought. This is coming away from the topic of the work you do, or, or your, your book, rather. But, but isn't, that, um, isn't that whole realm of spirituality a big part of who you are? Mm. You're not religious, but you're spiritual. Oh, definitely. But I think it's uh it's I don't think it's a digression. I think it's it's quite on point because I write about I write about Jante Loven, uh, the yes. law of Jante yeah. in uh, in the book and and that is based on a calvinistic, you know, like a christian mm-hmm. uh, philosophy that yeah. it was I don't know if you if people who are listening have heard of the law of Jante, but it's it was first written in a book by Axel Sandemusa, a Danish-Norwegian writer, and it was a, a fictional account of a Scandinavian small town. 
where you had 10, 10 uh, uh, laws uh, that you had to follow uh, in the fictional town of Yante. And one of the laws is you shall not think you are anything, you should not laugh at us, you should not believe you are anything, that you're going to achieve anything in life. You know? and, if you, and if you break any of those norms, there will be consequences. And the yeah. consequences are normally shame-based. So you will experience shame yeah. and being shamed and ostracized by, and othered by the society. So this book came out, I don't know, maybe a hundred years ago now. Yeah. Or I don't remember. But boy, does it fit today. Exactly. And yeah. it's become, and in, in, in Scandinavian society, uh, it's, it's sort of a, an, an informal law that um, permeates yeah. a lot of the society here. So when you're a little child, you know, a, 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 a person of color uh, growing up in a small town uh, with this uh, informal law, you start you start looking at yourself yeah. through those eyes and, and you realize later, I mean I realized later it was shame based. Yeah. It yeah. was shame based. So I was carrying all this shame for being me. And, and I would imagine that that snuck up on you. Nobody ever realizes that they, that they start to walk that path. All of a sudden it's like you blink once and oh my gosh, what happened to me? Mm this shaming and now I'm actually applying the shaming to myself. Yes. You know, I always tell my kids, um, I tell some of my clients as well, if you would be offended or upset if someone else said this about you, mm. then why do you say it about yourselves? And yet, I mean, that sounds so, everybody, everybody's like, of course, yeah. of course. But somehow those things sneak up on us. What can we do? I mean, is it a is it a case of repetition? You know, again, I talk about this introspection where you evaluate your life and do it as often as you can. Uh, is it a, is it a matter of repetition to strengthen ourselves to fight against the 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 law of yanta, to fight against that external shaming that can become an internal shaming if we're not awake? How do we? What do we do? How do we fix that? How do we prevent that? Well, this, I don't think you can prevent that. I think you can work with it and through it. Ah, that's a good answer. Yeah. It's uh, a very real answer. Yeah. I mean, we can try and fix things, but then again, that's working from perfectionism. And perfectionism is is shame-based. It is, absolutely. Uh, Listen, we need to take a break. I'm sorry. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to ask you, how does your story affect what you do today? Okay? Right. We're going to tie your past with your present. This is Coming Home with John Allen. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for watching. Remember, you have links where you can click in to support the work I do. We'll be back in a second. And we're back now. I'm talking with Lexi Korn. Um, Lexi, a lot of people try to erase their past. They want to forget about it. They want to move beyond that because of trauma from the childhood, trauma in their adult life, negative experiences. A lot of people want to just erase that and move on. But you write about integrating one's story into their life, into the work that they're doing. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that? Yes, that's from the uh, the uh, acronym LIFE. The right? Acronym LIFE, yeah. Um, do you have it there? Le learn the signs, mm -hmm. integrate your story, find like-minded people, and express yourself. I like to talk about all of those things, but in this case, it's more on the lines of integrate your story. Because again, a lot of people always want to, uh, you know, maybe they, in fact, I've had maybe three or four guests on my podcast who are formerly incarcerated. They've committed crimes, felonious crimes, and been incarcerated for a number of years. And 
each one of them has actually incorporated that experience into their present life and they're using it to better themselves and others. Mm. So you talk about integrating your story. Where, where? Well, I work, I work with narrative. So I'm interested in, in the people that I see, the clients that I see, and for them to become the authors of their uh. life story. Not life that happened to them, but life, you now they can look at life as as the you know the observers of okay with compassion and this part of me this is part of me this is part of my past and and there's another way of you know trauma informed practice doesn't necessarily mean that you have to feel uh and go into the feeling of the trauma the specific trauma all the time so it's not like you're going to be going over and over it again but it's recognizing something happened, yeah, and it shapes shaped the way I, I feel now, and and uh, but it's recognizing that and, and and owning it, and then you can release it. It's when things are named, yeah, you know, you, you name the elephant in the room. Oh, there's a pink elephant in the room. Oh, okay, that's fine. So it just disappears. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's something that happens when you start integrating the different aspects of your personality, the different aspects of your life, your story, and you become the author from this present moment. Take control. I don't like to use the word control. Oh, shame on me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? No, because, not? because we don't, we, can, we never have control. That's kind of a Buddhist, Taoist thought. Rather than take control, let things be. And experience them as they are. Yeah, experience them, and then you can choose. You you have choice. You can choose how to um, respond. I see. Yeah, that's a lot healthier approach than what I said. Take control. Take control can be. You know, you can start to sweat from that. You can hurt from that. You can be disillusioned in your selfish focus. There's a lot of selfishness in control. I, I guess. I guess. On retrospection, when I think of it, that is, when I think of control, I think of selfish. Okay. Maybe. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. I just, I just find that there's, um, uh, there's very little flow in, I mean, you can be boundaried and you can be strong. You can have grounded confidence. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you need to have control. I see. Right. Well, it would take an adventurous spirit to 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 stay away from having control, because an adventurous spirit without control means that anything can happen. Anything and some can people, happen. Some people some people fear that. <laughs> some people fear yeah. that, though. Yeah. But that's the thing. Anything can happen. If, if you know, for the last few years, have shown us that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> God. <laughs> and 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 having trying to control a situation that is out of control is going to just cause us hell. So there could be a lot of unnecessary strife in the effort towards controlling everything in your life rather than just letting it happen. But that doesn't mean you just sit back and you and you you do nothing to better yourself. You do nothing to change what's going on around you. Am I right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have to have a certain amount of activity well, towards something better, yeah. something positive. There's a, there's a different... I believe that you can still have ambition and you can still okay, dream yeah. big and you can still but without forcing it and I control see. comes with force exactly yeah i'm i'm more like a, an attraction sort of person so yeah. 
like like what I was saying before, with every rejection is a redirection. Right. Right. I didn't linger in the. I didn't stay there and and pine over being rejected. It's like, okay, it sucks. Just recognize sure, it. Yeah. Recognize Being the feeling. Honest, yeah. 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 Uh, this sucks. But <laughs> I know for a fact, and life has shown me, right. that this isn't the can... end of this process. There's something something else further down the line. Whereas maybe a more controlling mindset would have dwelled on that rejection mm. and how to change it. You know, uh, um, yeah, control. I'm, maybe I need to think about that word and how I use it. And, and how and I apply it to my life. The the thing is, you can still be confident. You know, you sure. can say, um, this is something that I, I use a lot. It's like, this is a vision I have. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work out. But I feel it so strong. And I and I can, in my meditations, I can go in and really feel like I'm there. I'm doing the thing. Yeah. I'm there. And it's just beautiful and gorgeous and i focus on the way i feel yeah and then i try to recreate that feeling yes in my day-to-day i can identify with that um i take my feeling and i put it into a visualization that little film that roll of film that goes then the work comes with trying to apply that film to real life Mm -hmm. yeah but again it's it's that process of introspection and self-analyzation um I wanted to ask you on, uh, okay, life, learn the signs, integrate your story, find like-minded people, express yourself. Now in your project with writing this book, you certainly found the like-minded people. Yes. Um, you put yourself out there, you know, you travel, you go to seminars. Um, has that always been easy? Mm, No, not necessarily easy. It, takes a little bit um i'm an introvert so that's why i ask yeah Yeah. i like to i like my own company and Mm. i enjoy being home painting or being uh, in a studio painting creating Mm. that's my happy place yeah um but i'm also very curious and i have a thirst for knowledge i want to learn i always want to learn and i know that i need to be out there with other people Mm. learning so yeah, I I jump. I mean, I'm I'm off to Palm Springs in September. Palm Springs, really? Yeah, I'm <laughs> in September. That's there. You go, A little extra sunshine and right. warmth. Right, I'm going to the summit, a joy summit. Uh, a joy summit, exactly. Yes. So it all happened as I was, you know, the book was going to come out, and then this summit opened the doors, and mm. I was like, I'm going. I'm going to do it. I'm terrified, yeah. but I'm doing it. Uh, things like that, and um. You know, I I was in Switzerland earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that in Switzerland. You had quite uh, the experience and we never got to talk about it. Mm. Um, I think we had planned on you coming in to do a podcast episode and I canceled and we just never got back to it. Mm. Can you tell us about what you were doing in Switzerland? Uh, well, that's... Um there isn't much I can say about it publicly, <laughs> but it's uh, there's a premium. There's a few premium clinics um, for uh, for let's see uh, VIP people yeah. um, who need a space to work through their their issues. And isn't it basically a coaching retreat? It's not a, a retreat. It's it's clinic. Okay. 
So you have a, a multidisciplinary team of psychotherapists, psychiatrists, uh, yoga therapists, nutritionists, um, mm -hmm. yeah, all kinds of, and, and, and it's luxury, it's high end. Yeah. So, you know, there's this, this uh, concierge, this, this is chef, this, it's, uh, it's really good treatment. And I was hired as a personal coach. So, um, it, to hmm? me, that's another testament of the good work that you do because you were actually hired into this high end. I mean, that means something, you know, and you were hired in to do a job for, and I understand you can't talk details. I understand there's some it's confidentiality. Yeah. There's a lot of confidentiality and, and, and whatnot, but, but that's yet another testament to how important and, uh, 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 exclusive if i can use that word i use that in a positive sense uh the type of work that you that you did there very cool it's just another testament of you doing the work that you do and helping people the way you help them yeah I've, i feel very fortunate to have these experiences but there's also this other thing it's about our shared humanity yeah. whether we come you know i've i've worked with all sorts of people and and we all have feelings yeah yeah. And we all have um, loss and we all experience pain and we all have a desire to uh, have create joy in our lives. Yeah. So, and that's, that's where I come in. That's where Lexi Corn comes in. <laughs> she fa facilitates the creation of joy. We're going to take another music break here. And when we come back, we're going to continue this uh, amazing discussion. I just love talking with you. <laughs> and we're going to continue this discussion with Lexi Corn in just a few minutes. This is coming home with John Allen. Thanks for listening. And we're back now. This is coming home with John Allen, and I'm speaking with Lexi Korn. Look at that smile. <laughs> we're we're just the two cutest things. No Yantelovin here. We're cute, and we'll say it out loud. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> um, I want to ask you uh, a new thing, a relatively new thing in coaching now is focusing on retreats, where the coach or the therapist will set aside a specific place for a certain length of time for some in-depth, maybe this is similar to what you did in, uh, in Switzerland. Um, what are your thoughts about that? And do you have anything like that coming up? Yes. I love retreats. I did that a few years ago in, um, in Chile. So near the oh. south of, uh, by the foot of the Andes uh, mountains, we held a retreat for female therapists uh -huh. and, and healers. In a gorgeous location, under just under a volcano, <laughs> gorgeous, and um, and it was a, such a beautiful, intense, profound, transformative experience yeah. that I just I fell in love with a with a format, and I I've done a few after that integrative, yeah. well integrative arts retreats. And, and now I am looking to set up a sexual wellness retreats. Sexual wellness retreats. Because yeah. for those who don't know, Lexi is a sexologist as well. Yes. Yeah. So I, I apply all my experience in the, in the realm of psychotherapy, uh, creativity, which is, you know, I, I'm an artist as well. Uh, and a good one at that. Thank you. Check her out on uh, social media, especially Instagram. I just want to plug that for you. You're a great artist. And there's something therapeutic in every post that you put up uh, that has to do with art. So check it out, people. Thank you. Yes. So I'll do that. And my sexology um, experience and, and knowledge, put it all together into a gorgeous, 
VIP sexual wellness retreat. And more information is going to come on that. And now, is this for couples or individuals or both? I'm going to do first for women and okay. then I'm going to do for couples. Okay. Um, but yes, uh, check out my website and go into my Instagram because there you'll find all the links. You'll find the links available to my free resources. I have, um, I have free meditation. Ah. Oh. Yes. Of course, I knew that. I signed up for that, actually. You have my email address. <laughs> yeah, I, I signed up for that. Well, tell people your website so they can they can hook into this. How do yeah. they find you online? So they can find me on LexiCoren.com. That's L-E-X-I-E-K-O-R-E-N.com. And you can find me on Instagram. I have a, a Ms. M.S. LexiCoren. Yeah. That's where my everything is. Everything I have is all, there. like all the arts. You have a link everything. tree from there, don't you? Yes, and yeah. I have a link tree yeah. from there. And then I have another one, another Instagram called uh, Joyful with Lexi. And that's specifically for creative entrepreneurs. So artists ah. and creative entrepreneurs who uh, are looking for some self-care practices. That's I quite do. the niche to get into. Yeah. Yeah. So there uh, it's uh, fresh, it's super fresh. So I created it as soon as uh, right before the book came out, actually. And and I do little, little TikToks with, uh, with tips on on how to have more self-care and have self-care practices for artists and creative entrepreneurs yeah do you have any experience in theater because some of your tiktoks some of your instagram things are quite theatric yes you're a little you're something of an actress well i am an actress oh. i trained as an actress a long time ago <clears throat> i think how many years now 20 20 something years ago yeah um i studied theater i went to drama school in london and in paris and then I just oh paris stuff. too i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that i thought okay learn something <laughs> new yeah yes so i did that and i i stopped after the first year in in um, in paris because we were gonna do we were going to start with shakespeare and i was like i don't think i can mm. do shakespeare in french i can barely order yeah coffee in French yeah. so I don't know so then I, I moved I, I went over to London and I took private classes with um, with a with an actor from the Royal Shakespeare Company okay and that's how I got into drama school uh, with with his guidance okay because of this accent right so I have an accent and, and it's is it Scandinavian or is it uh it's, it has a British twang, but it's got the rhythm of a Latina. So yeah. what was she talking? But when I do, when I do my scripts, if mm. I do, a, a, if I have to do like a British character, I can, I can yeah. work on that. Well, you must have a good ear. Yeah. To, when you speak English, I hear British, <laughs> you know, and when you speak Norwegian, it's perfect Norwegian. I, I don't have any knowledge of French. Um, but you must have a good ear, so you're somewhat of a musician as well. Indeed. <laughs> See, all, we're just finding out all this, all this stuff. Now, I um, I knew you were a musician, but I want people to know that you do that as well, and they can find your music on Spotify. Spotify yes, yeah. we're on all platforms. All where platforms. Yeah. Music is played on yeah. YouTube as well, and we have the song "Mia Sibien." It makes me feel good, which is perfect for creating joy. 
Yeah. Um, so on yeah. the theme, right? It's uh, I've I've got a theme. I might be doing lots of different things. Like, but the theme is the creating joy, creating joy, and permission to play. Permission to play. Yeah, I love that phrase, and I think about that uh, a, a lot. Um, in all honesty, I've incorporated that phrase, permission to play, uh, and I apply it to my life because there was a while where I didn't give myself permission to play. I was either caught up in being depressed about losing my son or caught up in, um, uh, you know, you know, what's happening with my business and my art and things like that. And, and I think the, the, the best application for the phrase permission to play is when it comes to my art, to my writing, to my music, you know, to what I'm doing here on the radio. This is supposed to be fun, mm-hmm. you know, so I have to give myself permission to allow it to be fun and not just work. You know? Right. I just have to say something about that. You know, yeah. when you say getting caught up in, in, in the loss of your child and getting caught, the use of the word caught up. I mean, let's normalize that because it's absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You can feel all the feelings there. Yeah. Uh, and also know that uh, joy can coexist with grief. Exactly. And that's what I found out. It took me, it took me a few months, but, uh, thank goodness I have the beautiful and, and smart and loving wife that I do. Hi Snoopy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why I say hi. She never listens. She doesn't even know the name of my show anyway. Uh, no, I, I, I thank her, uh, for showing me that I could use or, or I could apply the loss of my son to, to an overdose. I could apply that to my life in a way to where I'm teaching myself something and possibly teaching others or at the very least helping others. And it's because of her that I started doing my, this is, I'm on the microphone because of her. She told me, put that story and put that desire to help myself and others, put that into the work that I do. So it becomes less work and more of a joyful process of putting something positive out there that is born from something so tragic as, as losing losing my son. Yeah. And yeah. The, the thing that you're doing right now as well is such a great way um, to create joy as well. You know, gratitude, yeah. seeing yeah. the people, you know, seeing the the positive impact the people around you have had and being grateful for that absolutely that creates a spiral you know that that they they've done some they've done some research on this that the more gratitude you feel the more joy you experience and the more joy you you experience the more gratitude you feel yeah. so it's a it's an upward spiral it's a beautiful circle or a beautiful spiral of positivity mm. it's quite uplifting Right. I like the image of it being an uplifting mm. spiral. Yeah, yeah, that's because exactly. you have the other one, the other, you know, the rumination, the the, the critical. Was, that's a I downward was there. spiral. I was there. Yeah, you know, and I want to put this out there. Lexi and I are talking about uh, how to, you know, uh, put life in a positive uh, direction and to think positive, be positive. But the reality of it is, there's a lot of negativity out there. Yeah. And we're not blind to that. And we don't want, we're not telling anyone who's watching or listening to be blind to that either. Um, life is a yin and yang. So wherever we find happiness and positivity, there's also sadness and negativity. But I think the question is, is where do we get the awareness? Where do we get the strength to recognize that for what it is and always be looking for the opportunity to turn that negativity into positivity and not be caught up in that downward spiral. 
I think it goes back to control, ah. letting go, releasing, yeah. and and just observing things as they are. Yeah. And then being grateful for what you have and what you experience, but also not like not denying the things yes. that are around us. You know, yeah. horrible things happen. Horrible things have been yeah. happening since day one since of humanity. Yeah. Um, but also wonderful things. Yeah. And like I say, they can coexist. And and what you focus on is what you have more of in your life. I think being grateful is the key there. Mm-hmm. Mm. If we're no longer grateful for the positive things that are around us, we're going to be blind mm. to the positive things that are around us. And then life is just this big negative struggle, this uh, sweaty, painful <laughs> struggle. Yeah, if and it lack, can be that. It can be that. Sure, sure. I, I think that if we uh, figure out how to um, reframe and and look at how we want to experience life um because we become the things we become the things that we see yes and 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 we can form an an identity around feeling a certain feeling so uh, if i you know if i feel that life is unjust towards me and it's unjust towards me all the time i'm a victim exactly then that's what you're going to be experiencing and you're going to be looking for that right you're going to be training yourself to experiencing all that yeah. and i'm again i'm not saying that on uh, you know that I'm not victim blaming here because no, no. I, I just can't. I, no, no. That's something I can't stand. No, no. Oh, absolutely. But I am saying that how you can get yourself empowered again, and and that's to look for the things that you do yes. have choice over, and you find out what you do like to experience yeah. and go and get it. Well, and that's why I'm such a believer in introspection. That's self evaluation, and I do this daily. Uh, some people call it meditation. Some people call it prayer. I call it all of those things, and I wrap it up in introspection. And I do this every day. I, I take at least ten minutes mm-hmm. uh, and, and just run through the. It's almost like a mantra, or it's almost like a checklist, or something. You know, who am I? What have I done to reinforce that? What do I need to let go of? What should I seek? How does it affect me? How does it affect other, you know? And this sounds like a lot for a 10 minute process, but it's, well, it's like people say with meditation, uh, you may meditate actively for years and never really feel like you're getting something out of it, mm-hmm. but you are. And when you realize that you're getting something out of it, well, then the, those effects, you can extrapolate it. To, it's in multiples, uh, the benefits of it. And Again, mostly because of my wife telling me to try and find the positive in this, it led me to this daily routine, this daily ritual, if you will, of, uh, again, meditation, prayer, whatever people want to call it, I call it introspection. And that gives me a constant reminder. And I think that introspection or prayer or meditation can give people that constant reminder of what they should be grateful for. Um, and if you can find the time and I, I guess I can be so cheeky as to say that I think just about everybody has 10 minutes a day for themselves. And if you take 10 minutes and just look at your life and look at yourself and find those things that you should be grateful for, and that will give you the strength to keep going. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In spite of how bad things are, again, latch on to what you can be grateful for in the midst of Mm. what you're suffering I have a a practice that I would like to share, but yeah. perhaps 
We can talk about it later. Do you do we need to go over? Thank you. Yeah. Are you my producer? <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a producer because I just get to talk and I need a producer waving in the background telling me to take a break. <laughs> We're going to take a break now. Thank you, Lexi, my guest and producer. Uh, we'll be right back. This is coming home with John Allen. <laughs> Thank you. It was time to take a break. And we're back. We're back now after a very brief music break. Lexi, tell us what you want us to hear. I have this practice that I do um, that helps me really create magic in my life. Ah, magic! And and I share this with everyone who oh. wants to create magic in their lives, and that's to turn routine into ritual. From routine to ritual. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a mindfulness practice, really. So let me give you like a random day. Please. Yeah. Wake up in the morning. First thing I do is take a deep breath and then write down in my, I have a morning pages. I have a journal Okay. that I write down either my dreams, the first things that come uh, to mind or anything, just anything that wants to come out. I just write it down. And, uh, and then I ask myself, before I even think about what's going to happen uh, throughout the day, I ask myself, what kind of day do I want to have today? Ah. And, uh, and mostly it's kind of an exciting day. I, I, I like, sometimes <laughs> I, I like to have exciting, other times I like to have a really peaceful day. Sure. Um, but I make the decision. Yeah. How, and, so, and what do I need to do to experience that, that kind of day? So that it's you know the so immediately this it's a magical com uh, well sure immediately with that very first step yeah. of asking yourself what kind of day do you want to have yeah so you set your set yourself up for a really uh, beautiful magical day and and then everything else you know like um, when I dr when I put on cream I have a three step process that I like to put on. Uh, oh, this cream. I, I was doing this exercise the other day that I found deeply moving. Uh, yeah. It caught me by surprise. Yeah. So I was I was putting on the lotion and I was saying th nice things to myself in the mirror. And I was saying to them, you know, like affirmations. I was saying yeah. them to myself in English. And they were like, yeah, sure, that's great. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, what would happen if I did it in Spanish? Because Spanish was the first language uh, I heard and learned. Yeah. yeah. And then I started doing that and suddenly my face turned into a little child. And I felt so much love for that child. And I realized the voices and the things that I was saying yeah. was the, the voice of my father. They were kind, ah. caring, nurturing, beautiful voice. And I, and I was filled with so much love and gratitude. For I'm, I'm getting a little bit teary now. For so much gratitude for the love that my father gave me growing up, yeah. and I had to call him right away, Dad. Look what I discovered. You're in me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Your yeah. voice. Yeah. I, you're in me, and I didn't know. I just discovered yeah. it like 40 years later, <laughs> and he started crying, <laughs> and you know. But it was a beautiful, and it came from putting on lotion. Yeah. You know. So it's yeah. So you make a, you make a ritual out of routine. I just wonder how much better off the world in general would be if people actively started these rituals or habits or just, you know, uh, 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 lifestyle changes to where they were actually giving themselves something positive, something loving. Mm. 
especially if they do it from the minute they wake up yeah. and then take that with them throughout their day. Yeah. How would people be touched? What a different world it would be. And how we, how we, would we treat others? Well, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. we're so mean. We're so mean towards ourselves. But yeah. if you look at the world, it's just like how, if people who are hurting, not everyone hurts other people. Because right. there's plenty of hurt people who don't hurt other people. That's true. But there's also a lot of the other ones that do yeah. commit a lot of heinous crimes. Um, if we could just, you know, compassion. Compassion for ourselves and our stories. And again, I'm taking back to the acronym in the, in the book. Life, yeah. life, you know. Find back to life in your life. <laughs> life, learn the signs, integrate your story, find like-minded people, express yourself. Yeah, community, you know. Finding like-minded people, that's so important. <sighs> see that you're not alone in this yeah you know if you're having a dark night of the soul if you uh, you know if you're having problems sleeping at night if you isolating yourself from other humans and uh really having a negative self-talk critical self-talk mm -hmm. those are the signs if it's affecting your mood you can seek help there's uh, the the proceeds of the book of creating ah, joy yes. they go to a mental health uh, uh charity called a crisis helpline it's a text service for people in crisis so people will see that i yeah. i, I want to say i saw that when i when i downloaded the ebook yeah that link is is posted there and i and i do ask you people to to, to really Take, uh, take that step. I'm not saying this in a, uh, a superficial manner at all. If you download this book, not only will you be helping my good friend Lexi out uh, with, with getting her work recognized, but you're going to be helping yourself. Um, there is so much, I call it good medicine, mm. in that book. Now, in all honesty, I've only read the chapter that you contributed, but just from glancing over what the other authors uh, have put in there, this is stuff that people can use, whether they're uh, an entrepreneur or whether they're just um, the average person living their life, working a nine to five. There's so much medicine in there. Mm. There's so much positivity and little little life hacks. That's almost an uh, overused uh, uh, term, but there's life hacks in there that can make your life better. And if you make your life better, you can make the lives of those around you better. Mm. That's quite the powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's contagious. Yeah. Positivity is contagious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and just like negativity is, is contagious, look what happens online when people start these... Um, uh, very often it's rooted in politics and they start these ugly name calling, disgusting uh, uh, discussions and it's just vitriol and, and spitting fire and trying to own the other side and whatnot. Um, that's contagious as well, but we can choose what we want to be smitten by. You know, I choose to be infected with positivity you know, I surround myself with people, people like you. I haven't been surrounded by you. You've actually been gone for a while. We haven't talked in a long time. Yeah. But again, it's I think it's about networking. And in that networking process, you are pulling positivity to you because we can choose who we want to learn from. We can choose very often who we want to teach. So it's it's an infection of positivity and uplifting. It's it's quite the process. Yeah. And it's not, well, we're not going to be for everybody. No. And, and, no, no. Um, but the people who 
the people who resonate with your message and with your energy are yeah. the people that are going to be uh, attracted to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to take another music break and we're going to wind things up. I'm going to ask Lexi a couple of questions. I'm going to ask Lexi to do a little bit of work for me here. <laughs> we'll catch that on the microphone. This is coming home with John Allen. We'll be right back. And we're back now. This is coming on with John Allen. Lexi, I want to ask you to do two things for me. I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay. Uh, I think I've done this with you before, but what we'll see. Um, I'm going to say three words, and I'd like you to complete the sentence. Mm -hmm. Just one sentence. Lexi Corin is? A being of joy. A being of joy. Mm. Could we also say a bringer of joy? I don't know if I bring, well, yes, yeah, people might do. say, yeah. You certainly do. <laughs> you, you emanate positivity, happiness, and fun. You, you really do. That's why people love you. That's why I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being of joy. That's good. Yeah. And when I'm not in that space, I don't feel like myself. What, what do you mean? That's interesting. Because that's what I've realized with, with time. And I, this is something that I learned in my, in my, you know, my, my trainings in the jungle with, with the shaman in the jungle. I'm glad you said that. I was supposed to ask you about that. <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us briefly about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're going to pull away from what I wanted to do, but I want to make sure I get that in because that was quite striking uh, when you talked about uh, your journey from uh, um, from London mm. to the jungles mm. of the Amazon with a shaman. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, that's a very long story, but very briefly, um, I had trained as a psychotherapist I was working in like forensic units and and I and I was doing the the standard western medicine of the mind yeah. um and it wasn't enough for me it wasn't enough no. and and I had kept this spiritual side of me separate and hid, hidden away and again I was doing the thing that had me depressed in the past yeah because I wasn't being fully me and I was no. afraid I would be rejected and thrown out of the associations, you know, the, yeah. the, the school of thought that I was participating in. But then what comes to you and is supposed to come to you, it just arrives. And I believe that. And I had started this um, uh, this workshop space mm -hmm. in, a, in a converted warehouse in, in East London where the Almahab, I called it, and I wanted to have workshops and seminars, but I wanted it to be integrative and holistic. And I, mm. and I started getting really amazing practitioners into that space. And I got to explore with different modalities, yet the, mm. the, the shamanic path was calling me and I just, I wasn't answering the call, I wasn't answering the call yeah. until a shaman appeared on my door. Oh, and, Literally. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and and that shaman uh, brought me to uh, another uh, experience, another retreat. And in that retreat, well, then and then another and then another. Yeah. And then I got deeper and deeper. And the experiences that I had there with, with plant medicines, uh, this is a very long time ago now. Yeah. Um, it was ayahuasca. So the, the, the plant medicines. Uh, showed me something like within within an hour I had done more work than I had done myself in five years of therapy oh, of wow. weekly therapy psychotherapy yeah and I thought oh what does this say about me <laughs> my profession <laughs> what does it say about the world so I started questioning everything yeah 
and 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 as well as questioning and integrating questioning and integrating the stories and the and the narratives and then um again another shaman appeared and this shaman was from from the uh, amazon and and i remember uh, speaking to him on the phone and he said ah i was waiting for you to call my sister i was like what <laughs> yes because you are a shaman you know that's like no 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 i'm a psychotherapist excuse me excuse me i am not any of those things Ah, and he was just laughing, yeah. laughing, laughing, laughing. So, no, no, you're going to come to the jungle with me. Oh, I love it. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, a few months later, I was in the jungle and I was, he put me to work and um, I was learning all these things and learning about the plants. And, you know, I was, I was a city girl. I was, I yeah. was I'd been in London and Paris for so right. long, wearing my red lipstick and high heels. And I was like, what am <laughs> no, I doing No high heels here? in the jungle. <laughs> no. So the first week I'm like, Okay, I've seen it. I need to leave. Uh, <laughs> but after the third week, I was like, I am nature. I am the anaconda. It's like, give me the anaconda and I will just hold it. <laughs> and I there's some pictures of me doing that, having an anaconda. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I was so into it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so in there, I one of the, after many, many, many journeys uh, with, with the plant medicine, I, I got to uh, experience what my purpose was. Why am I here? Why am I going through all of this? Why? Why? I don't understand it. And 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 then I was shown this energy that kept saying to me, Bill, you're a being of joy. Yeah. You're a being of joy. You came here to experience joy and to help others experience joy too and find joy in their lives. Yeah. So so now whenever I am not in joy. I I know that I'm not being myself. Not true to yourself. Yeah. 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 So that's where. That's. I, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I almost forgot to. to <laughs> I did forget to step into that, but you know, you, that's just quite the. It's almost polar opposite in the sense that when people think of shamanism, they think primitive, uh, unproven, uh, mystical, but then you have the traditional path. <clears throat> um, of learning how to be a psychotherapist, how to be a sexologist, how to be a coach. That's a very clinical, modern, almost written in stone procedure uh, that you take to learn that. But that you would take those two polar opposites and incorporate it into your experience. Yeah. Um, well, again, that's another testament to the type of person you are, the, the seeker of knowledge that is Lexi Corin. Bang on, yeah. seeker of knowledge. How about that? Bang on, <laughs> bang on, dude. <laughs> if I can incorporate a British saying with the American, bang on, dude. No. But 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 again, it's it's a it shows you know you, you are many things wrapped into one. Uh, but I think we all are. Like, again, I say this all the time: we are the sum of our life experiences, both the positive and negative, both the primitive in the Amazon and the modern with the traditional schooling. Hmm. It's, um, that's life. Yeah. And also, you know, I'm thinking about where this, I learned so much in the, in the jungle, yet a lot of it, it can only be used there. You have to contextualize. So I live here. Yes. I live in the Western world. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I, and as much as I try to decolonize myself, I still live in this society. So, 
what I'm what I'm doing is that I apply all this knowledge yeah. and I apply it in a way that is helpful for the people who live in this yeah. part of the world and and I you know I use that for sensuality for creativity for helping people whether with um, their relationships to themselves to their bodies to their uh, sexual selves yeah um yeah <laughs> sacred sexuality sacred sexual is sexuality sacred it can be excuse me it can be how it can be if if you do if you follow the same idea that i was talking to you about earlier about turning uh, routine into ritual ah then sexuality can become just becomes, as life yeah. can become sacred sexuality can uh, become sacred absolutely interesting mm. and you can have a uh, you can create magic in your sex life if you apply that let me go get Snoopy and we'll keep talking about that. No. <laughs> We're going to have an episode just on sacred sexuality. <laughs> well, sexuality is an important thing. Sexuality can be uh, the bond that keeps a difficult relationship together. Oh, please it say more. Be. Please say more. Uh, well, you know, and, and I'm, no, I'm no expert in this, but just through my observations, uh, you know, it's almost cool you know i don't know if it's because of of uh, modern feminism uh or what but it's almost cool and you hear a lot of people say well sex is not important you know you should you, your, your relationship should be stronger than the sex oh who says that <laughs> unfortunately a lot of people say that i say that a relationship is strong at least in part because of the sex, because sex acts with your partner is an expression of how you feel. I mean, you, I can express it with words, but I can also express it with sexual acts. And everybody, I don't know if this is so very thought out on an individual basis, but it's at least ingrained in our DNA. Uh, this whole thing about getting sexual affirmation is, is an important part of who we are. I think I'm not saying it's the say all it's not the it's not uh, at the top of the list when you're looking for a relationship with someone but it is the glue of a relationship it can that, also be the, it can also be the lightning strike that fractures a relationship do you that, see what I'm saying that's a lot to unpack there uh, but I think <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a friendly way of saying I'm way off base here <laughs> I'm just saying I'm curious uh, I mean in a different setting I'll be curious yeah that's a, that's a long that's a long discussion um, yeah. but um, um, but I believe you know sexual I'm a sex positive sexologist mm -hmm. which means that I have a non-judgmental approach yeah. to how people experience their sexuality whether you are monogamous polyamorous yeah. whether you are asexual demisexual saposexual yeah. pansexual um I am oh, I'm open to learning about people's experiences. So sure. I don't lock myself into one way of looking at sexuality. And therefore, I don't see sexuality as the glue that keeps a relationship together. Mm. So that's why no, I'm, and I'm not saying it is always, but I'm, I'm saying it can be. But, but because sexuality, you know, if you're in a relationship and you, of course, you there's a certain symbiosis in relationships. But you're also talking about two individuals whose... Um, thoughts and opinions and desires when it comes to sex can 
differ over time Mm -hmm. to where you become further and further apart. And then that sexuality is no longer the glue of the relationship. Communication. Exactly. Communication is. Exactly. Um, And when I say sex is the glue, it's not the only glue because you do have communication. You do have uh, uh, responsibility and and the division of responsibilities and the union of responsibilities. You know, is this a couple who has children or don't have children? So there's many things that are part of that glue in a relationship, I feel. Mm. But among those things that hold a relationship together or can destroy a, a relationship, I believe sex is an important one. It's not the most important, but it is an important one. Uh, I've talked with people on my show before, and they talk about how uh, they feel that sex should be, just put an X over that. That has nothing to do with a relationship. I just can't get behind that. I mean, that's their thing to think, Mm -hmm. but I don't see how that would work for me. Is what I'm yeah, saying. Depends on what kind of relationship it is. And exactly. What kind of structure you have on it. Because you can have romantic relationships without sex, and you can have sexual relationships without romance. You can. There's so many types sure. of yeah. relationships you can have. There's so many variations. Yeah. Um, but the the one thing that is that is um, vital. It's communication. It, Absolutely. No matter what kind of relationship it is. You've got to talk. You've got yeah. to communicate. You've got to, yeah. And you got to say what it is that you need and want and what you're available for and what you are going to, yeah. um, what you are going to expect and what you are going to deliver or yeah. ex- try to deliver. I've had friends who have split up uh, a marriage that lasted 10 years plus. And, you know, they'll talk to me about it and, They'll tell me all these reasons why they left. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in a couple of these situations, I've asked this friend, well, did you tell your ex that? And they'll say, no. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a soft way to say it, but the straightforward way to say it is that maybe you would still be together if you had told them that. Again, that goes back to communication Mm. and how important that is in a relationship. You know the um, the five love languages? No. Um, the the I I just don't remember the name. I'm terrible with names. I don't mm. remember the uh, doctors that that developed this this uh, concept. It it makes it quite easy for people to kind of figure out what what they need in order to feel loved and to express love. So you have words of affirmation. You have physical touch. You have quality time. And you have two more that just evade me right now. And <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the thing. But bec- that's <laughs> but it, um, gift giving and and acts of service. There you go. Yeah. Those are the five ones. And and some people, do do you have an idea, an inkling, what what your love language could be? Would you? How, <sighs> what do you feel most comfortable with? Uh, like uh, words of affirmation, uh, physical touch, acts of service. Gift giving, and the last one that I said that I forgot again. <laughs> I think acts of service. I think mm-hmm. that yeah. That's how you express love. Yeah, I, you know, I'll say this quite openly. I very rarely, you know, I love Snoop with all my heart. She saved my life. She is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very rarely say I love you. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. That's that's a phrase. Mm-hmm. But what is the act yeah. of loving her? Right. What is the gesture that confirms that I love her? Mm. Yeah. 
And what about for yourself? How do you feel most love? Same thing. Through acts. Yeah. When Snoopy does something, and it could be the smallest thing. Uh, I've never, I'll give you a good example. I have never said how fascinated I am with plants. Growing them, taking care of them. I've never said that. I've never put words on that. But apparently, over the last 21 years since we've been married, she's picked up on that. And she brought home this, it's like a hydroponic shelf type of thing. And I haven't done it yet because my, my arm isn't working good because of this ridiculous shoulder. But she bought me this thing. It's a hydroponic thing and you can grow, you can basically start growing a jungle and it, it's so many different plants. And that, it just, it, 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 it crushed my heart in such a beautiful way. And I got so emotional when she came in with that. So it's the gesture of her doing that uh, and the fact that she picked up on my interest in that without me ever saying it, that whole thing is so much better than her looking me in the eye and saying, I love you, John. Yeah. So that's that's a strong indicator that that yes. could be your love language. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I've never thought of the love language. Mm -hmm. I learned so many different new concepts and different ways of thinking. Uh, um, I mean, you, you just you you come with these different phrases and these different concepts, and again, this is your expertise as a as a therapist, as a counselor, as a coach. Um, you, and it's like I've told you before, it's the way you live your life. It's the way you are. Uh, you are constantly a lesson being taught to anybody who's around you, you know, without being, uh, you know, coming from above and down. You're just living your life and you're just being you and you're just saying the things that you say. But there's so much good to be learned. There's so much about joy <laughs> and how to achieve it. Thank that is learned you. through your life. Yeah. Well, not so much achieve it. I, I'd say create it because create, it's not yes. something that is it's outside. Not something, yeah, it's not something to reach. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. from here, and 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 often what we need to do is to go and and look at where the blockages are. Yes, yeah. and look at them. We take them, externalize them. That's why I use the arts and creativity because yes. we we get to sometimes we don't have a language for it no. so okay so what does it feel where in your body is it oh it's uh, uh, it's on my shoulder yeah. oh okay so if you can um, describe to me what it looks like uh, the size oh it's, in the book you, know, the you talk about people actually drawing yeah. a life-size yeah. outline of their body and yes. then they're placing these things yeah yeah i, I work a lot with embodiment I mean, it's a great coaching method all the integrations all the different parts because we we ex the body remembers so if we experience trauma we might forget it but the body remembers yeah. so if we start looking at the blockages and then we give ourselves we look yeah. at them with compassion and we look at them from the outside outside looking in from our own compassion itself we yeah. can give ourselves permission yeah to do yeah. things to be things to be all that we permission want to, to play exactly permission to play and with that i want to take our last break when we come back lexi i want to ask you to do one more thing remember i, I said you got to do two things we got off track on a great conversation but that's what happens when the conversation is good when the dialogue is fruitful this is what happens we go over time this is coming home with john allen we'll be right back and we're back lexi the last thing i'd like to ask of you uh and take the time that you need to do this but you are quite
quite the motivator. You are quite the inspiration. That's why I have you here. All of my guests, it's very thought out. It's not random for me. I invite people to be on who inspire me. And this is quite selfish, but selfish in a good way. Uh, uh, I want to be inspired. I want to be motivated and I want to learn things. And then secondary to that, it's my hope that my viewers and listeners can also learn something be inspired by something and motivated through hearing and watching these conversations. So that's why you're here. Uh, and that's why I love you. Uh, along those lines, can you say something, um, that my viewers and listeners can take with them on their journey through this life? People have great lives. People have horrible lives. People have something in between, but all of them can be improved, uh, through good coaching, through, uh, the observation of good dialogue and through direct words, we can help people. What can you say to my viewers and listeners? I would say that joy can coexist with grief, that your feelings are valid, that you matter. That's beautiful. I'm going to take that with me throughout the rest of today and probably tomorrow and the next day again. Mm. I want to thank you, Lexi, for coming on my program yet again. Again, I have to check, but I think you've, you're the guest who has been here the most often. Um, and what can I say? I call you friend. I call you sister. I love you. I love the work that you do. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for being so open and generous with your space and your mind and your heart. There's there's always a place for you in, in all of that. Always a place. Listen, everybody, check out Lexi's book. Check out her website. Check her out on uh, social media. Um, LexiCorin.com, correct? Yes. L-E-X-I-E-K-O-R-E-N.com. And the name of your book? Creating Joy. And that is what she does. Bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>